What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 253rd episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I am your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Will. Well, that was a a roulette wheel spin of who it could be. I've spent my entire day playing something that wasn't Pokemon, so it's going to take me uh, a few minutes to get my gears shifted since I suffer from the OLD and uh, and getting back into the Pokemon train of thought. But choo-choo, choo-choo. we're on the train. <laughs> all right, all right. I also have Travis with us today. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything. Can't, can't, can't win them all. I don't have a joke this week. No, no goofs for Grovile. Nope. Are we on Grovile, Grovile or Sceptile? I think Sceptile. No, because wasn't just last week the first Gen 3 week? Yeah. No, Grovile, you're right, you're right. I don't know why I flipped the two, because I, I clearly don't know my any Pokemon, ever. Well, that's a given. That's, yeah, that's been demonstrated. Grovile has a very important part to play in Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explorers of time explorers of darkness and explorers of sky sure people played those games at one point in time i would assume some of my favorite pokemon games that i don't understand but i mean to each their own as they say yeah i i like pokemon shuffle that's a real good spin-off game oh and i like uh pokemon picross which is not a good spin-off game but nah, it's pic- certainly a way to waste your time i like the 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 cons I I actually I like Picross a lot. I just didn't like the way Pokemon Picross went about its business. Uh, before we get into our show, if you're joining us today because we have an interview with Gunda Chris, aka Christine, who is a custom amiibo artist, that will be uh, in the later half of the show. So if you're just here, if you're joining us, if this is your first time listening to it, super effective. Welcome. If you're looking for that interview with Christine, I would check the show notes for the exact time when that is in. I actually recorded that yesterday, so I'm not sure how uh, how long we're going to ramble before we get to her interview, but she's really awesome, really great. Can't wait for that. She'll talk about destroying Pikachu Amiibos, and, and who wouldn't like that? <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into, before we get into things, uh, our show is going to come down to some Pokemon news. It might be a little... Heavy on the Pokemon Go since we just got Generation 2. We'll talk about that. And you guys actually sent in a ton of emails this week. A lot, a lot of emails. So I wanted to try to stay on top of emails. We're going to try to get to most of them uh, this show. And then Travis has our Pokemon of the week as well. So that is our format for you guys today. Probably a two-hour show because uh, the interview was 35, 40 minutes long. Probably after it gets cut down and cleaned up. Like I said, before we get on to that, what's up, guys? What's new? What's going on? What's happening? Uh, I've probably had the busiest Saturday that I've had in a very, very long time because not only did I exercise, but I went to a Vanguard competition for most of the day, and I got my hair cut. Three things outside of the house on a Saturday. This is an accomplishment for William Anderson. Three things? Saturday's nice. Usually, yeah, Saturday is usually nap day. Yeah, go go to the gym, come home, go back to bed. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, but it is, I am proud of you for getting out of the bed. And, and yeah, and being social at the Vanguard competition and interacting with other human beings. Competition? It's, it's really, uh, it was a tournament, yeah. Did you win? I lost every single, well, yes, I lost every game. That a boy. I could, I could only stay for two <laughs> rounds. Uh, you know, honestly, the 
so the reason I went was because this is going to get long and drawn out. The I'll try to keep it from getting long and drawn out. The person who runs the Saturday Vanguard League in the DC area, which is where I first started playing Vanguard, was recently in a really, really bad car accident. So the tournament today was held as a fundraiser just to help him you know, get back on his feet. Uh, so I went to donate some money, and um, I actually donated a very uh, relatively expensive card, a $40 card, to, for them to give away as a prize as part of the tournament. So for me, it was more supporting this guy who helped me get into Vanguard than it was about actually trying to win anything, since I knew I had to leave early for my haircut so yeah. that I could be the handsome and beautiful person that you all enjoy looking at every day. Yeah, you have to look good, right? Yeah, and I also scheduled a touch-up for the day before I travel uh, further north in this country in March, so that I will look good on March 10th as well. When we go to PAX. Yeah, that'll be, at least one of us will look okay. Yeah, I'm well, trying to get like, like everything done before that trip. I, I Well, you're usually organized, so most likely you will. But for, with us, it's like the um, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, right? I've got mm. the baby bear hair. Steve's got the... Although Steve got his hair cut for Valentine's Day, didn't he? No, nah, it's still longer than mine. So he's got the mama bear hair. And then Travis has yeah. the papa bear hair. <laughs> and Papa Travis just right. <laughs> Travis, anything new on your front? Oh, boy. Well, it's actually getting a little warmer here, which is very early for my part of the country here in West Michigan. You wouldn't expect in the middle of February to have weather in the 50s of degrees. That's Fahrenheit. Of course, I'm not uh, boiling. Uh, oh, boiling would be 100 Celsius, but still. Is it is 100 boiling in Celsius? Let me get uh, my yes. let me get my uh, nearest Canadian advisor on the phone here oh, to 100 yeah, degrees Celsius I should, is I, the boiling point of water. 0 degrees Celsius is the freezing point of water. That is what the entire Celsius scale yeah. is based on. Well, at least I vaguely knew that that's what it was. It's kind of going to I have a hard time learning that sort of thing. It took me a very long time even I think I feel like it took me longer than my peers as a child to even be able to understand what 60 versus 70 degrees felt like or or miles per hour as well like i i wouldn't have been able to tell you what 30 versus 50 felt like until after most people so the prospect of having to relearn all of that even though i completely recognize that the metric system is superior in all conceivable ways it's going to be a bit of a transition for me to have to learn what all of those new things mean. Anyway, you asked me a question that was how what have been what have I been up to? I actually yeah. went on a bike ride today in the middle of February. What is up with that? It was like fifty one degrees. Are you in Michigan? Wow. Are you a, yeah. are you one of these bikers that like they have a fancy bike and they do the work on the bike and No. I just like I have a lamer's bike, but I like riding it and I ride it a lot of places i don't really care about bikes so to speak but i like taking bike rides does that make sense where was your bike acquired from i don't remember because it was a gift a few years ago so i don't necessarily ah, okay. remember where they said they bought it right the the bright line dividing line between real bicyclists and the regular folks is regular folks get their bicycles at like target, target. 
Yeah. <laughs> Walmart. Real bicyclists get their bikes at the bike shop. <laughs> the like yeah, family owned yeah. bike shop that's been around for 80 years. Uh, not in DC. Most of them are haven't been around for eighty years, but they're just like the high performance. You know, you've got to get your bike in for tune up and uh, and take down and whatever else. I mean, di- didn't we as kids just get a bike and ride around and around the block thirty, forty, sixty times on a day just because that's what we did as kids? Yeah, yeah. No, I did that. Did you I think have to kids wait? still do that. I think it's just adults have are incapable of doing anything with half measures. Adults are incapable of buying bikes for themselves at Target unless... That, well, that's part of it. But here's that's my what question. I'm saying, yeah. When you guys rode bikes as kids, did you guys wear helmets? No. Yes. Okay. As right. a child, yes, but a teenager on, no. That's that's a dividing line because that was just unheard of. There there was no such thing as a bicycle helmet back in my day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't wear a helmet at all. Tell you that. Yeah, I got uh, I got nothing new to report. I guess. Well, wait. You were. Oh, that's different. That's Pokemon related. Oops. That oh, that no. is. Po- I can I I can transition. I can tell a small story and then transition into Pokemon news because Pokemon Go just had an update, which we'll talk about. But I had some like minor surgery on my nose, and that prevents me from being out in the direct sunlight for like six weeks. Now it's like five weeks but a real bad timing because uh as 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 travis said the weather was super nice it was 60 degrees here in milwaukee and uh i did i was out a little bit just because i had to drive to like a, a store and stuff but i have seen people play pokemon playing pokemon go now now that the update is out and i'm just thinking to myself like oh this was my first free like free-ish weekend in in quite a while and i really want to play pokemon go and I can't because that involves me being outside and it is really nice out and really sunny and uh, I shouldn't be outside. So that's my minor story, which will lead us, I guess, into Pokemon news. But wait, no, we got to I'm, I'm scared now because that means that Travis has to have a minor medical procedure next week. What? What, what will it be? I, I don't know. I, what, I don't know if yours was oh. minor, Will. Yeah, it was. It was? All right. It didn't stop me from doing anything for six weeks. Mm-mm. Well, it ju- they just said, hey, like, if you go out in the sun, you have to wear the, the sunscreen, that the zinc sunscreen, which I didn't know there was a difference in sunscreen, but the, the zinc sunscreen, I guess, oh. is the one that's, like, the white pasty stuff, right? That does not allow any light through? Yes. Yeah, and then there's the other sunscreen, which I guess I was always familiar with, which is the sunscreen that just kind of soaks into your skin, like lotion almost. Uh, yes. So that's the difference between sunscreen and sunblocker. Oh, okay. And I'm not an outdoor person either. No, that's true. <laughs> How's that Pokemon Go? Well, that, that's, our, that's our first bit of news here. From the PokemonGo.NianticLabs.com. February 15th, our world is expanding. Over 80 more Pokemon and new features are coming. Trainers, Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Totodile, and many more Pokemon are nearly here starting later this week. You will have the opportunity to catch more than 80 Pokemon originally discovered in the Johto region in Pokemon Gold and Silver video games. We also implemented some new features to enhance your Pokemon Go experience. First feature is the 80 new Pokemon. Second feature is new evolutions. Kind of piggybacks off that first feature. Third feature, 
New encounter gameplay. When you're when you encounter Pokemon in the wild, don't be surprised if the they react in new ways as you are trying to catch them. You will also notice a new addition of item carousels that allow you to select berries and Pokeballs differently from the encounter screen. Hone your skills and catch those elusive Pokemon. Next feature uh, is new berries. Uh, Pokemon enjoy eating berries, and you have the opportunity to get two new berries by spinning the photo disc. The photo disc. Oh, I guess that's what they're called. Uh, at Pokestops, Nabad, Nanabib berries, and Pinup berries. I don't know how to say this. N A N A B. Is it not? Nanab, yeah. Nanab? Yeah. Nanab berries will slow movements, making Pokemon easier to catch, and pinup berries will double the amount of candy you receive if your next catch attempt is successful. Finally, new avatars and an expanded wardrobe have been added. You will now be able to give your avatar a complete upgrade. Customize your look with a whole new selection of hats, shirts, pants, and other items. Be sure to use the hashtag PokemonGo on Twitter and share your experiences and explore your local neighborhoods with family and friends. Unless you live in Milwaukee where they discourage you from doing that, we cannot wait to see what Pokemon you catch. Uh, this is exciting for me. I've, I've actually reinstalled PokemonGo, of course, because I want to prove you wrong about the Apple Watch. But, uh, I mean, since Cyndaquil is, like, top one of my favorite Pokemon, I'm really excited to see this coming out. Yeah, I played a bit. Uh, the other day, and I played a little bit today because I had to go to Target and pick up some stuff. So Starbucks, of course, has their little uh, pokey stop thing to to give you what your give you your goods. Very excited to play Pokemon Go, and I remembered because I haven't played Pokemon Go in three or four weeks. I remembered I had zero Pokeballs because at one point I had over a hundred, and then they all vanished. Uh, so that was a little disappointing to only have Great Balls and Ultra Balls and when you see nothing but centrance, 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 centret, centrets, centrets, uh, when you see nothing but them on your map, not really worth wasting a great ball on, in my opinion, but I'm not going to buy Pokeballs. I will just spend a day and find a couple Pokestops and I will spin those until I replenish my stuff. I'm not, I'm not giving into their buying Pokeball stuff. Travis, have you played? I have technically opened the application since they have added new Pokemon, and I saw that there was a Natu and a Spinarak in the nearby. Uh, what is it called? How do I? How can I? Not, uh, sightings. That's what it's called. There's a Natu and a Spinarak in sightings. However, I uh, the new Weedle and Pidgey. <laughs> <laughs> However, I didn't catch them because. I guess I just, well, I think I was working at that point, so I was only able to just sort of see what was around. I couldn't go out anywhere. Uh, And then the only day it's really been warm enough to go, because the way I play Pokemon Go is I go for a walk, listen to podcasts, and play Pokemon Go. And the only day that it was both warm enough for me to justify going outside for that long of a period of time and... I had free time. I opted to bike ride, and it's a little more dangerous to bike in Pokemon Go than it is to walk in Pokemon Go. So if it continues to be warm out, I will definitely get back into it, but I just haven't yet. Yeah, I caught uh, a couple Pokemon. Uh, Do you guys want to get the money stuff out of the way? 
I mean, what? if there's money involved, yeah. Oh, you mean the yeah, yeah. Well, here, let me accessories. Let me do most of these news articles are Pokemon Go related, so let me go through a couple of them here. Pokemon Go update brings cheap storage upgrades for all. This is off of Polygon.com, but from February 16th to through February 28th, increasing in the amounts of storage players will have will cost 50% less fewer Pokecoins than usual. The upgrade that makes the upgrade 100 Pokecoins instead of 200 Pokecoins for the Pokemon storage upgrade specifically. Each upgrade gives players 50 more s- s- slots in their bag, uh, and they can increase that to a capacity, a maximum capacity of 1,000 Pokemon. If you do that during this promotion, that'll cost you about $15 to get max storage. I think all players start with 250. And so for pretty much a dollar, it lets you hold 50 extra Pokemon. And so that's going on until the end of this month. Might be worth doing if you plan on playing Pokemon Go a little longer. I don't know if you need a max of a thousand. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the money thing here. They, we already talked about how the Pokemon storage upgrade is a uh, uh, hundred coins cheaper. So at one point, both the bag upgrade and the Pokemon storage upgrade were 200 coins. Like I said, until February 28th, the upgrade, the storage is is half off. That gives you 50 more Pokemon spots, slots, spot slots. They added some more character customization under a tab called Style. And uh, pretty much everything here costs money. There's customizations that don't cost money. Uh, That is... uh, that is something like removing your hat. You can now remove your hat, your gloves, your shoes. People were really excited that you can remove your shoes and be barefo- barefoot. But uh, if you want a fancy fedora, that's going to cost 180 Pokecoins, a top hat, uh, 800 Pokemon coins, and a like a newspaper boy hat is 100 Pokemon coins. Wait, can I get a bow tie and a monocle? Mm, I don't think so. You can get like 3D glasses, like one side red, one side blue. Who needs a top hat if you can't pair it with a bow tie and you a can, monocle? You can get like a like a blazer. Uh but I want to remind people that 800 pokey coins is $8 and it's, it's a, a top lot. hat. It's a top hat. Yeah. Under glass. Look, if you want to talk about egregious microtransactions, let's talk about Fire Emblem Heroes. Like this is not new in terms of No, no. Nintendo's pricing for well, and I suppose it's probably Niantic's. Niantic. I don't know if that call would be Niantic or the Pokemon companies. It's probably a collaborative thing. But regardless, I have. It is not new for Nintendo mobile properties to have egregiously priced microtransactions. It's not new for any mobile game to have microtransactions, and these are only cosmetics. So it's not like putting a top hat on is going to increase your your catch ratio. It's not like a pay to win here, but. To go from having one hat be a dollar and w- another hat being eight dollars, like that—that's a big difference. Uh, they so in, in the yeah. gla- they have glasses that you can get a pair of glasses for fifty coins. Uh, you can get uh, the 3D goggles for a hundred and sixty coins, and then you can get like a Phantom of the Hour Batman Robin slash mask. More, I guess, more Robin than Batman uh, for four dollars. This is what really kind of grabs like. Kind of irritates me. So I bought a hoodie for my character, and I don't know how much it was. I think it was it was it was 
$2.20. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So when you go into the hoodie options, you have a bunch of colors, like a red one, a blue one, a gray one, a yellow one, and a black one. So when you buy one of those hoodies, and maybe no one has bought this yet, so this is just kind of like a, a, a public service announcement. When you buy a specific color of a hoodie, you are only getting that color. So even though you bought that hoodie, you only bought that hoodie in that color. So if you wanted all five colors of that hoodie, that's, you know, over $10 because each of these are 220 coins. Well, you know, that's how it works in real stores, too. You know, you don't go into the gap and buy, like, the blue hoodie and they're like, okay, here's the red one. Here's the, the red one, one and the gray <laughs> yeah. one. Well, I don't know what stores Heck, you're they shopping don't even at. Do that at. They don't even do that at Old Navy. As far as I know. <laughs> also, I just want to—I uh, just want to go on record of complaining about the men's socks because they're not socks; they're like shin guards. And I have these weird jeans that I paid like a dollar eighty for because I wanted my characters to be in jeans and a hoodie. And when I turn on and off the socks, I don't see the socks because they're not socks; they're like shin guards, and it's really annoying. I want my characters to have socks because I don't want to see my ankles because I don't want anyone seeing my ankles. The ankles are for me only to see. I'm, I'm very confused by this. Is there what what when you have the socks on? What do you see in the gap between the bottom of the pant and the top of the shoe? Nothing, nothing. Like I have the pants on. If I turn socks off or on, nothing changes because my pants are too long. Because your character really originally starts with those like running cargo pants, which only go like below the knees, and then the the quote unquote socks are like shin guards which cover like the bottom of the 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 starting shorts to like your ankles but they don't cover your ankles. Yeah, they're they're not shin guards. They're they're socks. They're just No, really cuz socks, socks cover your feet. And these the socks don't cover your feet at all. They just cover a portion of your lower leg. Well, then they're just leg tubes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, why is that funny? It's really frustrating, guys. This is, I just want a pair of socks. The phrase leg tube might be, I think we might have defeated the English language. I think we won. Well, technically, the actual word is uh, leg warmers. Remember leg warmers back in the 80s? We used to wear them when we danced. Yeah. Oh, well, Intellectually, you, I you're know saying, what those are, but I do not remember them you're because saying, I was not though, alive. You're saying that leg warmers are not socks, right? Leg warmers don't go around your feet. They just go on your leg. Leg warmers are socks where the feet have been cut off. Yeah, that's what that's what the men's options are here. <laughs> they're, they're leg tubes. I need thing. I need something to cover my feet and my ankles. And right now, I'm not getting that option. Also, the options for the female character way better. They have way better pants. They have an option for a belt that the men don't have. They actually have real socks. They don't have these 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 tube these tube warmers around their legs. I'm very frustrated by this. Well, oh, I, I mean, that's a reflection of our general society that is still heavily gendered in fashion and apparel that women have a wider selection of things to choose from. We don't even get socks as men. All I want is a pair of socks. White. I'll take white. I'll take black. I'll, I'll pay a hun- up to 200 Pokecoins for a good pair of socks. That's all I'm saying. You're going to pay $10. 200 Pokecoins. To- no, 200 Pokemon coins is like Wait, $2. 200, right? that's it. Oh, okay. Eh, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> so, so my question is, can I have everything off mostly? <laughs> no. <laughs> you can have, I think you have to have a shirt and you have to have pants. I think everything else you could take off. All right, all right. 
I can work with that. All right. <laughs> There's also like a shirt that you can buy. I think it's $5, but you can only buy the shirt if you're level 30, which I think is kind of cool in concept of like, okay, this shirt's exclusive to people who put in the effort to get the 30, even though I have to pay a little bit of money for it. I think that, I think that concept's cool. But hopefully, I don't know why I'm saying hopefully. I, I would su- suppose that now that there are clothes in the store, and this is clearly a money pit for hardcore Pokemon Go players, I am sure that there will be more clothes coming. But I, I'm very excited to play Pokemon Go again. It was, it was as much as I was like, oh, sp- okay, nothing but spin a rack around me. Great. This is the new Weedle. It is awesome to see, like, when I discovered Wooper, I was like, ah, Wooper, and then it reminded me of Wooper and Slack, so there, there is that little bit of a excitement again that, that, that I felt. Transitioning to our last Pokemon Go story, this is, this is something I've been following because I live in Milwaukee, and while this is Milwaukee-specific, I guess I've, I've talked about the, the park problem in Milwaukee enough that that we we are just going to continue this roller coaster ride. So this was published on February 2nd by uh, milwaukeerecord.com uh titled Pokemon Go and Pokemon Go like games will have to apply for permits in Milwaukee County Parks. Milwaukee is still talking about Pokemon Go and still trying to make it and other games pay for permits take up virtual space in Milwaukee County Parks. Scratch that last part because Milwaukee has actually succeeded at this. Thursday in a Milwaukee County Board of Supervisors meeting, an ordinance was formally adopted requiring all virtual and location-based augmented reality games to apply for permits to do virtual business in Milwaukee County Parks. The ordinance was directly inspired by last summer's Pokemon Go slash Lake Park controversy, which saw thousands of people flocking and causing damage to the east side park. Now, this is the park where all the rich people live off of, which I've mentioned before. Yeah, yeah. During the meeting, ordinance sponsor, supervisor Sheldon Wasserman once again noted that the ordinance was not aimed at Pokemon Go players. Rather, it was intended to establish a permitted process for virtual games similar to those permitting processes for non-virtual companies doing business in Milwaukee County Parks. This has nothing to do with Pokemon players, absolutely not, Wasserman said, after warning that a new wave of Pokemon Go-like games were on the horizon. I would like to... Personally, I, I'm, I'm curious what games he thinks are on the horizon. Uh, and it will be at your park tomorrow. Later, Ordinance co-sponsor supervisor David Satori or something talked about used tampons and infant diapers filled with fecal matter uh, which is the reason why this ordinance is in place. <laughs> the, the two you things I associate with kidding. Those those the were two their things two I examples. associate with Pokemon Go. <laughs> oh, you know, they said it's not not aimed at Pokemon Go players, but we really need to solve the garbage problem and the specific two items I named that are that are everywhere in, in Milwaukee County Parks. The ordinance reads as follow. Virtual and location-based augmented reality games are not permitted in Milwaukee County Parks except in those areas designated with a permit for such by Director of Departments of Parks, Recreation, and Culture permits shall be required before any company may introduce a location-based augmented reality game effective into the parks effective January 1st, 2017. 
the permitting application pro process is further described in the TR DPRC's website for companies that create and promote such games. That process shall include an internal review by the DPRC to determine the appropriateness of the application based on site selection, protection of rare floral and fauna, personal safety, and intensity of the game's activities on park lands. Games activities shall only occur during standard park hours unless otherwise authorized by the DPRC director who has the authority to designate special events and activities within the parks outside of the standard operational hours. The ordinance was originally recommended to the company board back in December. It was referred back to the parks committee weeks later and then recommended to the country board again in January. On Thursday, it was finally adopted to a 13 to 4 vote with Supervisor Peggy West uh, uh, excused. Potential pricing for the permits were not discussed. Just a little bit. One more paragraph here. A, Pokemon, a pokey controversy was touched off last summer when it was revealed that Milwaukee County Parks had written a letter to developer of Pokemon Go, Niantic Inc., asking for the removal of Pokestar stops from Lake Park. The park has become hugely popular for the destination of Pokemon Go players, much to the charging and sometimes outright hospitality of our neighbors. Trash, parking issues, lack of bathrooms. I'll agree with that. There was no bathrooms. There's like one bathroom. Trampling landscapes and neighbors threatened with violence were just a few problems that arose. The controversy came to a head in September in a boring, livid, and glorious observe, absurd meeting that, founded, that found both sides of the issue at wit's end. In October, a handful of Lake Park's Pokestops were removed by Niantic. As of time of press, Pokego, Pokemon Go players in Lake Parks could not be reached for comment because the whole thing more or less died out five months ago. So there you go. I, I don't think the news article said more or less died out five months ago. I think that was some Steve Black Jr. editorial no, no. comment. At, no, that that was at the time of press. Pokemon Go players in the Lark couldn't be reached for comments because the whole thing more or less died out five months ago. That was their oh, last. So this is like a sassy paper, not a just report the news kind of paper. Uh, yeah, I would say Mo Milwaukee Records is, uh, you know, they're not, you know, point to point. But I am. What does that mean? Point to point. Well, you know, he means like they just like report the facts with no yeah, they're commentary. Not, this is clearly this clearly had commentary, right? Yeah. Which is, I mean, much to my chagrin. But the, the, but this is what we talked about months ago when I when I originally brought this up that there was this problem and and I am sure other parks may have had this issue. I live in Milwaukee, so uh, very easy for me to come across this news. Uh, Milwaukee might be one of the the bigger stories out of all the other cities because Milwaukee is a pretty big city in itself compared to other cities. But really the, the, the argument at the time was, yeah, this game just launched. It's really busy, but Hey, winter is coming. Uh, that's not a game of Thrones reference. Winter is coming. The, the hype for this game is going to die down. Why are we spending so much effort trying to remove the game when naturally that is what's going to happen in a couple months. And that's what did like, I'm sure Lake park was, probably pretty busy today but i haven't been down there so i don't know what pokestops are still there what have been removed uh, if all of them have been removed i know my sister who was not into pokemon at all who found this huge addiction in pokemon go she has played every single day since the game has been released she has two really young kids one one three year one three years old one eight months old and and she takes them for walks all the time, and she goes down to Waukesha Park, Waukesha being a, 
uh, a city outside Milwaukee and, and, you know, hits up all the Pokestops there and plays Pokemon Go every single day she can. Even in the winter, she was going out and, and doing that. And so clearly, other parks don't have a problem with this. I just can't believe that it's gotten to this point with Milwaukee. Uh, I, I'd be curious if other cities or other listeners have had issues with their parks. Yeah, I, I have never heard of this at all. And I, I'm wondering if, like, the Milwaukee City No, you Council have. Is... You have heard of this because you are on some of the episodes. Oh, no, 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 no. I have heard of this in Milwaukee. I have not heard of this in, like, the rest mm. of the nation to such yeah, an extreme yeah. at this point in time. And I, I'm just, like, I'm wondering if the Milwaukee city government just like doesn't want people to visit their parks anymore. It, it just yeah, seems like, like, what is it about Milwaukee people that just kind of stink? Well, but I mean, it's like, doesn't it seem like the, the antithesis of your expectation for uh, a, a city ordinance, they should be like, we want to promote people visiting our beautiful natural parks. And instead they're <laughs> like, we would prefer that people with their, Basic human needs, please remain out of our parks, and only those people who live in self-contained bubbles may visit without influencing or impacting any of the surroundings. Thank you. Is that what it is? Is it that all of a sudden this park that was... Is it like a classism thing? Is it like... Uh, that's oh, weird well, what it sounds like. Yeah, all of, us, all of us rich people, we had this lake park thing to ourselves because... But then when Pokemon Go kind of let the sort of uh, let out the secret of of this park, it's like, well, I can't be having all of these, <laughs> all yes. of these, uh, uh, all of these polloi in my. <laughs> exactly. Because they're if they were in the need of a uh, feminine sanitary object, they would stay home. They wouldn't go to the park on such days. And all of their. Diapers are filled with only the finest of Perrier, not with yeah, and they're clogged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely think it's because of the the people who lived across the street of Lake Park. I mean, going through the the issues they listed, which is trash, parking issues, lack of bathrooms, trampled landscape, and neighbors threatened with violence. I mean, you you break those down and. There were more than enough trash cans at Lake Park, and this is this is coming from me, who's been to Lake Park a handful of times. Uh, when it, when Pokemon Go was at its busy busiest, I rarely saw trash on the ground. I've I did see one or two people throw their trash on the ground, and you know what? A couple seconds slash minutes later, somebody else just picked that trash up and threw it away. There was a lot of there were a lot of civil people around doing the right thing. And and whether this is, you know, a sporting event or a a movie theater or a digital game in a public park, you're always going to have people who litter, right? That's not exclusive to a park situation. Going like parking issues, yeah, there were parking issues there, but Milwaukee has street parking, and so that's what a lot of people did with street parking. There was a parking lot for Lake Park that did get filled instantly because that's where you were supposed to park for the park so instead people parked on the street and that was that wasn't illegal to park on the street uh, but the streets were f normally not filled with cars f up and down 
Lack of bathrooms, yeah, completely agree with. There was only one public bathroom nearby. That bathroom closed at 8. The park's open till 10. I don't know when the bathroom opened, but very broad problems that they just kind of uh, umbrellaed under Pokemon Go to use against its case. I do find the question, who owns the digital space? Who has authority over the digital space? in a city i do find that to be an interesting philosophical question i i guess i would have to find out if the pokestops are there still there how many are there or or whatnot but okay so this law now exists in milwaukee county parks but what happens if niantic doesn't follow it like poke like milwaukee can't remove the stops themselves right that has to be niantic that removes it right yeah but they pass this ordinance and then they sue them when they come across the Pokestop is still sitting there, and then it goes to a court, and they say, no, Milwaukee, you're being ridiculous. Go away. Yeah, I'm sure Niantic already knows that this happened, and they will probably just remove the stops for legal reasons, like Will said. So we'll see. I just thought it was interesting, especially now that Pokemon Go has kind of picked up some more momentum again. Uh, interesting to see what happens with that situation. Uh, final bit of news here. Now, probably not much to talk about. Pokemon Sun and Moon latest giveaway is kind of a bust. This article also off Polygon.com. Uh, Pokemon trainers can swing by GameStop from now until March 5th to pick up a special item from Pokemon Sun and Moon, a single silver bottle cap. But those already deep in the metagame likely have figured out enough of these to spare, making this one of the most disappointing giveaways in some time. Um, they explain what a bottle cap is, what it does, blah, blah, blah. Any thoughts on this? So what, how, ugh. okay. I know that bottle caps are used to raise IVs, but like, how does that work? I haven't done that yet. You, I, I mean, I've caught, I think I've caught a bottle cap when I was fishing one time, but yeah, I haven't used one. Right. So the, so you, you use them in the mall i think yeah there's a guy um, there's a booth at the mall the thing about the silver one that's not or that just or i think it's just called bottle cap it, it doesn't isn't specific labeled as a silver one i don't think but like the gold bottle cap is what they're comparing it against um typical bottle cap will maximize iv of one pokemon's one stat of one Pokemon, whereas Gold Bottle Cap will maximize all of the Pokemon's IVs. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. Distinction? Yeah. There you have it. So a Silver Bottle Cap is more useful if I want to have like a zero speed IV and all the other ones maxed Yeah. Out. Yeah, I think the the... The commentary here, though, is who or it, it doesn't seem worth taking a trip out to GameStop to get one single bottle cap. Right. So I'm, well, I'm, that's why you have somebody do it for you. <laughs> do they just give you a code? Do you just enter a code to grab the bottle cap? Yeah, they're code cards. Okay. Well, like, why is it not 10 or 5 or 1 gold one and 5 silver one? Like, it just seems... Really disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it's free, but so I still. Was, I guess I should have known this already, but I was just looking up more information about hyper training, the process of using those bottle caps in the mall uh, to 
increase your IVs. And I learned something that I think I had heard before, but I already forgot. But that's kind of cool. Just fun fact that uh, game doesn't actually change. It. Like if you're looking under the hood, so to speak, the actual IV value of a Pokemon isn't changed when you undergo hypertraining. Instead, according to Bulbapedia, hypertraining sets a modifier so that the game treats that stat as if it were a 31, but keeps the original value saved. It just adds that modifier to say, hey, pretend this is a 31. So because of that, you can have whatever hidden power you want and still have max IVs, which you couldn't before because hidden power's type is determined by a Pokemon's IVs. But because this doesn't actually change the hard numbers it just adds the modifier you can actually have whatever hidden power you want and still have a pokemon that's uh, competitively optimal so that's yes cool. and it also means that the bottle caps can't change the hidden power isn't that what i said yeah i just said it the other way yeah yeah right yeah well just okay. the opposite of you like no because like right some people might try to say oh mm. i my mm-hmm. tofu fini has the wrong hidden power i'm going to use bottle caps to adjust so i get the right and right like, right whatever it's hidden yeah. power it's born with is what it stays with <laughs> uh right. i do last thing is i do want to say that will was right uh last week when where's the trumpet where's the trumpet oh, uh, hold on Doo-doo-doo. hold on hold on hold on Ooh, that's terrible. Ooh, hold on. <laughs> cut, cut that out, please. Ah, oh, God. Hold on. I can't. See, I don't actually have my real trumpet right here because I was caught off guard. So instead what I, instead what I have is my pocket trumpet, which has the same range pocket as a trumpet, trumpet but a it's very <laughs> but it's very very tiny and it's also much more difficult to play because the thing about the, the regular size trumpet is that it provides a lot less pressure back to you when you're trying to play a pocket trumpet because it's all compact it, it it's it's uh, it has a lot of like sort of feedback pressure i guess that's difficult to play against and i wasn't warmed up you dropped the ball travis uh <laughs> what will was right about was the what is it? The GTS contest? The yeah, the the global the global link trade system contest. Yep. All I did was went. I went to the 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 receptionist. I signed up. I didn't do anything. The next day, I got my four thousand festival coins. I there you go. I didn't have to participate. I just had to sign up. So I got my four thousand coins. I don't know what I'm gonna do with those yet. I guess I'll figure that out. But. Uh, Look at me playing Pokemon Sun and Moon. Welcome Uh, to life as a millennial. Yep. Uh, With that being said, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have our interview with Christine. She's going to tell us how to make, how she makes custom Amiibos, how she slices and dices up some Pikachus, and uh, how how she does art. So we'll be right back. And then after that, we'll come back with some emails and our Pokemon of the week. And we are back 
from our break with our interview and interviewee, I am, as as our listeners know, I, I am very good at butchering names, but uh, here we go. Uh, Gonda Chris. Yay, you nailed it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but your real name is Christine, so I think uh, I'll go with that for the remainder of the interview. <laughs> yes, that is totally fine. I prefer that. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, Christine, thank you for being on. Uh, no, thank you. This is pretty awesome. I love podcasts. So, and I don't have to show my face, which is even better. <laughs> so. Perfect. It's like the best of both worlds. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, so, so for our listeners, who, who g- give me a who are you? Give me a little uh, something to sell yourself here. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Put um. you on the spot. <laughs> I uh, pretty much customize toys, um, mostly Amiibo because, you know, everyone loves Amiibo. So um, I customize them, paint them, dress them up. So the whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know how I discovered you. I, I, I've known of, for you for a while and it was really funny because somebody retweeted you and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm not even following you. <laughs> And so I, I followed you on Twitter, and then we started talking. And I was like, "Hey, you sh- you should come on the show. I think you I think you do some really interesting and creative stuff." Oh, thank you. I'm honored. I'm completely honored. Like anyone who reaches out to me, because I am just a girl painting in my room. So <laughs> that's the best way I look at it. So it's cool when people want to know about customizing or just in general about the things that I do. So. <laughs> Well you, well, you say you're you're just a girl painting in your room, but you have you have over like twenty thousand followers on Twitter. You have this storefront where you're selling amiibos. Like you, you are pretty. You're not just a girl. Like people know you. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I for some odd reason, I I don't really see myself as someone that people you know look up to or become inspired by. I mean, I I it's an honor to be honest and. If anything, that's what I want my art to do. So it's it's really cool when people um, come up to me and they say they like my art. And it's funny because I honestly, like, if they freak out, like, I freak out and then I hug them. So <laughs> um, I just see myself as a normal person doing pretty much what I love. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's let's talk about what you love, which is, well, well, I assume you love, which is making custom Amiibos, right? Is that... Mm-hmm. Is that safe to say that that's kind of your main art thing at art gig at this at this point in time is the amiibo stuff? Uh, yes, it's definitely the amiibos. Um, before that, it was ball tops for fight sticks, and then before that, it was like charms, uh, video games, and stuff like that. So amiibo really like took off, and and that's what I've been doing for a really long time. So. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> So what what drew you to so far our listeners who haven't ha- haven't seen Christine's art she has recently at least from what I've gathered you have a lot of Mimikyu or Pokemon or Mimikyu that may look like other Pokemon I would say is the the right way to say that in amiibo form so they are all custom but at the 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 thing that says the same is the base of the amiibo which I have questions about but mm-hmm. you I've seen <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy, not Galaxy, uh, Odyssey Amiibos that you've done. I've seen some mm-hmm. Ash mi- Amiibos, uh, a ton of different Pokemon Amiibos. I think I think you had an Alolan Marowak that was on your store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a ton of stuff. So 
my question, my first question is how, why Amiibo? Like, what made you, was there inspiration? Did you see another artist do it? Was that just something that you bought and then decided to customize? Like, why Amiibo? Well, um, amazingly, uh, and, I, and I love telling this story because uh, I think it's, hopefully people can connect with it, um, but it's all started in high school. Um, and I was this really shy, quiet, pimple-faced girl who had no friends. So I guess one day my sister, my older sister, brought me to the uh, video game club. And that's where I met a lot of my friends who were into the, like the Smash scene. So Super Smash Bros. Melee at the time was uh, the game that I first got introduced to like um, the whole Smash competitive scene. So yeah, I, I went to the video game club. Um, I met a lot of my friends and then at the time I also took art. So I actually incorporated both of them. So during, you know, the video game club, I would actually make figurines for some of the competitors. Um, and when Amiibo came out, it was just really easy for me to integrate it. Um, and it was a lot easier to do since I'm starting off with a base instead of starting by scratch. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was introduced you know, to, I guess, the gaming scene through Super Smash Bros. So when they did have the Amiibo, um, I definitely wanted to try and see if I can customize them. And I was always really inspired by, like, that table that you see in the game where it has all these figurines and trophies and stuff. Yeah. So it was really cool to finally have, like, a something physical. Um, and yeah, I wish they did earlier, but, you know, <laughs> it's awesome to have them now. <laughs> Do you remember your the first one you've cust you customized? Was it was it a Pikachu? Was it a Mario? Like, do you remember that? Um, it was a Pikachu, and uh, it was crazy because I wasn't actually interested in getting any of the amiibo. Um, my friend had actually give gave me one, and uh, it was a Pikachu, and and he was just like, "Here, I figured that you might want it because I I main Pikachu." Um. I was in like the melee scene for a really long time and and I guess my go-to character was Pikachu. So it was really cool to have him give me that and uh, I made like a Pikachu Flash crossover. So that was like my first ever, I guess, customized amiibo, but it's crazy because when I was taking like clay and and um ceramics in high school, I kind of I guess made the first amiibo that I didn't realize it would have became like an actual thing later down the road. So um, it was pretty cool with base and all, except, you know, of course, it didn't scan because I'm not good with technology. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Nintendo hired me. <laughs> from from first Amiibo from you know, Flash Pikachu to to now, what got that ball rolling? Was that something where a bunch of friends were like, hey, you should start selling these or people ask they're just coming maybe maybe people coming up and saying like hey i i would like a batman pikachu amiibo can you make that for me and because now you now you do like commissions and stuff i do um uh commissions right now are closed because i have so many orders but i will take on like certain orders if it's like a mimikyu it's so easy to make um but i mean yeah people just came up to me and they're just like hey can you make this or can you make that and at one point, I was so swamped with so many orders. So I realized, you know, I'm only one person, so I got to take it slow. But um, yeah, I've been, you know, asked to make so many things and, and commission-wise and stuff like that. I think the one that 
probably put me on the map, I would say, is um, an Awada figurine that I did that I actually had donated. And I didn't think it was going to get that much, um, I guess, like attention. Um, but then next thing you know, like um, it blew up and and uh, it was it was cool. I didn't know how to handle it, actually. So I kind of like disappeared for the day and then handled it like the next day. So. <laughs> But it was cool. It was really awesome. What do you remember? What blew that up? So you was this after Iwata passed away that you made this amiibo and donated it? Yes. Yeah. It was. It was literally that night. So when we when we had gotten the news, when I saw it on the on the Twitter feed, um, I was just like, oh man, I gotta I gotta make this amiibo. And after making it, um, I then realized like I can't sell this. Like you know, and and. The reason why is because you see everyone's reaction towards his passing and he's done such an amazing job with Nintendo and he has such a big influence on many people. And and it's cool to see how many lives he's touched around the world, you know, so I can only imagine being in his position, being able to basically, you know, like affect so many people in a positive way so i didn't want to just make this to sell um i thought it'd be really cool if somehow even though he's not here anymore that he can still make an impact um and we raised money for saint jude and it was really awesome it was really really cool to see the feedback and and how many people really loved him as a person so it was really 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 awesome <laughs> yeah that's that's incredible what a good story wow <laughs> uh to, to back up a little bit i always i always get ahead of myself but to back up a little bit are before the smash scene before everything that was there uh a love of pokemon established i know you said your first your first custom was the the pikachu amiibo but were you were you kind of into pokemon really into pokemon pikachu oh, may, maybe I just was... the <laughs> I was heavily into Pokemon. Um, me and my sisters, like, we were so into it. Um, and when we were younger, growing up, my dad would buy Pokemon cards just to make sure that we would eat and finish all of our food. So, oh man, um, you know, it was a really big influence. And actually, Pokemon is most likely the reason why I'm in art. Um, you know, when we were younger, they didn't really have the figurines for Pokemon. You know, and uh, I guess I remember looking at the poster of 150 Pokemon and these these images are so small. But, you know, as a kid, I was just so fascinated with it. So I remember one day taking a piece of paper, grabbing this poster, which was probably bigger than me, and um, trying to draw Blastoise. So Blastoise was my favorite Pokemon. Um, and I spent a good like three or four hours really trying to make sure that I drew Blastoise accurately. Um, and I would erase lines if it didn't look right and then start all over again. So this whole process, that whole process, I guess, gave me the practice I needed for me to draw. And, uh, you know, after drawing so many Pokemon, my sisters would go ahead and cut out the Pokemon and then they would have, you know, like crazy epic battles and limbs would fly and rip off and then I have to redraw the Pokemon. So um, it definitely gave me a lot of practice and it introduced me to um, to art. So it's, Pokemon has been such a big influence in my life. So. <laughs> is that is that why, is that, and, and this is an audio podcast so our listeners can't see, but there's this really great picture on your on your Facebook of 
just all these Pikachu amiibos laying in <laughs> pile, but none of them have a base. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the reason why is because um, I my best seller is Mimikyu. Everyone loves Mimikyu. And I definitely will do something with the Pikachu that I have extra, but you know, with Mimikyu, it when I make Mimikyu, that's actually starting from scratch. So I can't really utilize Pikachu so much. And and I'm a big, you know, advocator for using as much of the amiibo. But um for Pikachu with Mimikyu, um, I can't really use it that much. So uh yeah, Mimikyu has been such a huge hit. Um, before Mimikyu, I would be able to dress up Pikachu in just about anything. So it'd be like anime or a onesie of another Pokemon or whatever. Um, so yeah, I have a ton of dead Pikachus. <laughs> <laughs> Is, if, are, are most bases for your Amiibos, are they Pikachu bases or do you try to like pick a base that would correspond with it? I, I try to pick a base that would correspond with it, um, for sure. Uh, if it's Pokemon related, it definitely will be most likely a Pikachu or a Mewtwo. If it's like one of those realistic characters, I tend to use a lot of the Fire Emblem um, amiibo because they're more realistic than than most. Um, but majority, I would say I've purchased more Pikachus than any other <laughs> amiibo. Um, and Best Buy, which is really funny. I remember trying to order, I think, 30 Pikachus and they're just like, they called me up and they're just like, so we're wondering if you scalp these or. <laughs> and so I had to give them my information and I, I had to say, no, this is what I do. I basically take the Amiibo and then I take it apart and I, you know, basically cover it up and change it. Um, and they I guess reviewed my work and they're just like, all right, she's good to go. So <laughs> next thing you know, there's 30 Pikachu's at my door. So <laughs> you're like, no, I don't scalp them. I just make them cooler and sell them for even more money. <laughs> it was really cool. Cause the guys was just like, I like your work, by the way. It was really interesting. <laughs> I don't know what they are, but they were cool. And I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's definitely Pikachu. So Pokemon, such a huge influence in my life. And again, I don't think I'd be in art if it wasn't for the Pokemon um, company. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, so when you start with, uh, when you start making a custom Amiibo, whether that's Mimikyu or, or something else, how, how long is that process? Is that a couple hours, all day, all week? Uh, how long does it take to make just one, I guess? Um, so it's a really good question. And I get that a lot. It's hard to really estimate because a good example is Detective Pikachu. So when that came out, to get myself, I guess, in the in the hype, I uh, watched Detective Conan and Sherlock all day. And um, literally Detective Pikachu, the day it was announced, I finished it that night. If I'm really inspired by a design or if I really have a passion for for what I'm about to make, um, it motivates me to no end. So I will sit in this chair for hours on end until I finish it. So again, if I'm really inspired and something was just released, you can maybe expect it the next day, um, which is crazy. So I guess that's why people are so surprised that they're really quick. 
Um, it, there's a drawback because then I guess people don't realize how much <laughs> work goes into it. Yeah. Because I guess they, they think that I can just whip these out like crazy. But no, it's really it's really for the most part the fact that I'm really passionate about what I'm about to make. And I can picture what it's going to look like. And I'm just excited. So it depends. I think the most I've ever made in a week <laughs> was probably... I want to say like 20 or 30 and that's right before a convention usually. So a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. Can you, can you explain a little bit of the, the medium you use? Is that, is it mostly clay or some other form of, of um, <laughs> art stuff? A lot of art stuff for sure. Um, I try to think outside the box and, and I try to use things that, are unique and, and make the amiibo unique because for me I really want these not to just be toys but I really want them to be things that people are really proud of that they want to display um so if I can make it as unique as possible it it it, it makes me feel better that hopefully they'll like it a lot more so um it is definitely a lot of clay uh, for the most part it's a lot of clay work um, generally I will strip down the amiibo, um, and try to keep as much of the amiibo as possible, but you know, sometimes you can't use it all. So I will cut off some pieces here and there and then some put limbs. clay. Yeah. And then, um, I have a graveyard. I, I have a whole amiibo graveyard of just parts and it freaks a lot of people out cause they're just like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's so scary to see heads and limbs and whatever else. But for the most part, it's a lot of clay and stuff. So, um, yeah. <laughs> how many how many Amiibos do you think you've purchased since you've started doing this? Oh, <laughs> I honestly can't even get you like an estimate because I've done so much. And, you know, I, I can't even put the numbers together because I've traveled last year um, with Wizard World. And uh, I even sold Amiibo at their convention. So truly, I have no idea. At one point, my room was surrounded by Amiibos. So <laughs> but, um, it was funny. Like, people walk in and they would think that they're in, like, a department store for Amiibos. So not not a bad place to be. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. So <laughs> sometimes my friend was just like, oh, you have that? Can I trade with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. We'll just trade right now. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah. <laughs> so I noticed in your in your Twitter profile, it says custom amiibo artists uh, at Wizard World. And you just mentioned Wizard World. Was there some kind of collaboration with you two? Or was it, you know, you just went to Wizard World, set up a booth, started selling amiibo? Or did they reach out to you and want you to come out? Um, they actually reached out to me and I still have the business card that they gave me because from that moment, I knew that there was something special. Um, they, they had visited me at my booth, um, cause I was at Evo. So I don't know if you know what Evo is, but it's this like huge, crazy, um, world's biggest fighting game tournament. And yeah. I kid you not, it's like the world's biggest fighting game tournament. It's crazy. <laughs> I advise everyone to go. If you love Video games, fighting games, Evo, it's amazing. It's like my baby convention. Like I've been going for so long. So, and it was my first year having a booth. So it was like already my dream come true of having a booth at Evo. And I see these guys in like really nice suits. 
and they're walking over here and they didn't seem like they played games because they're like really in these nice suits. But I knew that they had something to do with the gaming industry. Right. So they started asking all these questions. It's not like they walked into the wrong convention. No, no. <laughs> they just, you know, they just looked, they were, they were, they were holding themselves to a higher standard <laughs> for sure. Because I'm not going to lie, when you go to this, you know, gaming tournament, there's there's bo everywhere you know yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gamers so you know and they're competing and stuff but it was it was refreshing to see some people in in tux and tuxedos so they walked over and, and they started talking to me and you know i just answered all their questions and and uh by the end of it they're just like well you know um we were actually wanting to see you because we, we knew you're going to be here so this is our business card please make sure you call us we would love to talk to you and I looked down. It was like the nicest business card I have ever seen. <laughs> it was so clean. And like the lettering was like shiny. And I loved it. So I have it here with me. And uh, yeah, they they had asked me. They're just like, you know, when you're in Cali next, make sure you stop by the office. And that's a whole nother story. Um, the first meeting uh, that I actually attended for Wizard World, which is really funny because I did not look good at all. Like, no, no higher standard whatsoever. That was like thrown <laughs> out the window. Um, <laughs> it was so interesting. And it was so funny. I'll tell you the story because it's actually, I think it's interesting. So yeah, yeah, go you ahead. Know, I was going to Cali. <laughs> I was going to Cali. And um, I was just like, hey, you know, um, let me stop by the office. Uh, it'd be easier that way since I'm heading to Cali anyways. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's that's um, that's awesome. Well, here's the address, whatever. I guess I didn't really think think out like the whole process because I've been staying in this car for like four hours. So I don't look good. I'm in flip flops, hair messy. I look like something had gone wrong. So sure. <laughs> I step out of this car um, and I go sit in their lobby and their lobby is so nice. Like it has all these pictures of DC Marvel. There's a picture of Stan Lee on the side. I was just like, this is gonna suck. <laughs> So I forewarned them. I was just like, because I told them I was there. I was just like, hey, I told the secretary, I was just like, can you let him know that I'm not looking so hot <laughs> right now? And I had three other people with me. He came out, the guy who represented Wizard World, and he was just like, all right, let's go to the meeting room. And I was just like, and he was just like, yeah, everyone can come. So it was me and then the, these three other guys, one of them being my boyfriend. And... um we go to this like gorgeous like table, like you know those long tables where you might need like a megaphone to reach the other end. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. How it was. <laughs> yeah, and it was really like it was really intimidating. So, anyways, they started just bombarding me with questions, right? And my three friends, I could tell that one of them kind of knew what was going on, the other one not so much, and then the last guy was just confused. <laughs> so and you're probably thinking like don't embarrass me don't embarrass me oh yeah i was just like oh no i hope like and i put them in that position too so i felt bad so by the end of it you know they they were just like you know what we pretty much want to hire you we want you to make exclusives for us we want you to have your own booth and sell it there and i was just shocked because it was basically like an interview and uh so by the end of it my friends looked at me and they're just like christine what the heck was that? <laughs> and then my the friend who knew nothing was just like, 
by the way, what is Amiibo? <laughs> 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 it, was just, it was just so funny and so surreal. So that was probably the biggest, I guess, gratitude that I've ever gotten through this whole process of Amiibo is um, being able to travel with Wizard World. So that was a really cool opportunity. No, <laughs> story a, ended. There you go. No, that's an incredible story. <laughs> is is that <laughs> when, when did that ha- is is that something still going on or was that kind of a year thing or a two year thing? When did that happen? Well, that happened last year at the beginning of last year. Um, and I could continue traveling with them if I wanted. Um, however, it was fun. It was fun traveling. Don't get me wrong. But right now, I definitely want to concentrate on just making stuff that I want to make and teaching and YouTube tutorials and all these other, you know, prospects. So traveling was fun. It was like a year for me to kind of see the world, you know, experience. Yeah, experience people and and meet people and and cherish all the moments and stuff. But I think this year it's time to like, you know, buckle down and and get everything started. So <laughs> is the the amiibo thing is that like a full time job for you or is that just is or is that a hobby? And it sounds like a full time job, but I don't wanna I don't wanna assume anything. Oh no, no problem. Um you know what it's a full time job. <laughs> um <laughs> definitely for sure full time job. The amount of orders I get or the it's just staggering um and i'm not trying to put myself on a higher or you know make myself sound good but it's just you know even for one person it's it's a lot so kudos to all the other customizers or even artists in general because i i had never done commissions until amiibos um for the most part and i mean handling the emails shipping making the order like it's a lot to handle for one person yeah so uh it's definitely a full-time job. Um, uh, the transition between retail job and then going to Amiibo and YouTube and all those other things was definitely a challenge. But I'm happy where it got me. I'm thankful that I can be able to do this as a living. And yeah, I love it and, and cherish every moment. So awesome, <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> was there is there Amiibo that stands out that is? That is like your all-time favorite. I know you mentioned your very first one, the flat, the Pikachu Flash, and then you mentioned the Awada mm-hmm. Amiibo. But is there another one that kind of really stands out? Yes. And um, I actually have several. I have a lot. But the one, I guess, that hit me the quickest was probably um, Armored Mewtwo. So when I made that, um, I tried going all out on that one. So that one probably is most likely my favorite one out of all the ones that I've done. And it's crazy because I actually don't keep any customs unless it's from other artists. Most of my work I tend to give away or sell or whatever. Um, but the ones I do keep are all customs by other artists. So <laughs> the Mewtwo one I sold a while back, which is pretty awesome. But And do you, commission-wise, do you get just requests of people going hey i want a whooper amiibo or do you get people you probably get both or do you get people that that ask hey can you do can you recreate armored mewtwo because that's what i want (laughs) yeah i do i get i get definitely um a bit of both um to make it easier on myself though i tend to lean towards more of the like oh i want a mimikyu or you know detective pikachu or whatever commission wise i try to make sure that i don't overflow or overwork myself. Um, so yeah, I, I'll take commissions 
on a timely matter. <laughs> I wish I can clone myself, but uh, <laughs> you know, technology's not there yet. So <laughs> have have you con- <laughs> have you considered the getting help? Maybe not for just the art aspect, but maybe just for the emails and the shipping and pretty much everything but the art. Are are you at that level yet, or hope to get to that level? I hope to get to that level. Um, what I really want to strive for. Um, is just doing crafts in general and, and teaching. So that's why I've been really trying to push my YouTube a lot more because I definitely want to teach and, and, you know, doing commissions and, and doing the, the same amiibo over and over and over again. It takes a lot of creativity away. So there are things that I haven't done that I've been wanting to make, you know, just for myself even. So hopefully if everything goes well, um, I'll, de- I'll be doing tutorials so other people can make custom Amiibo. Um, and then I'll be doing projects that I want to do here and there. So that's the main goal of this year. I love commissions, but that's basically why I have gray hairs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of Amiibos and your world of art is... What do you, what's your free time like? Or is it nothing but work? You sound very busy. <laughs> I try to, I try to work as much as possible. My free time probably involves hiking here and there. I collect a lot of board games. So board games. Um, I haven't had that much time to play video games either. So, you know, it's really hard to balance everything. So hopefully you know, later down the road, hopefully that later this year, I'll be able to really concentrate on YouTube and, and making stuff that I want and finally having time to play the Switch and all this other stuff. Because definitely Amiibo take up a lot of time, a lot of time. And I love it. I do, you know, especially when people get their order in the mail, like I flip out, especially if they really love it. But it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> So it's definitely a lot of work, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I definitely want to teach people. And that's like my favorite part is is trying to influence other people to be creative. I just have a few more questions for you. One being, <laughs> have you played Pokemon Sun and Moon and what your thoughts on it? And follow up question of just what your favorite Pokemon game in general is. Okay, so... With the new Pokemon Sun and Moon, I haven't gotten to play with it. And I've been wanting to. The moment it got released, I knew that this would probably be my favorite Pokemon game ever. But with the and amount then the of Mimic work that I came do, in. Yeah, then the Mimikyu's came in. And then the Raichu. And then, you know, Executors. So it's just it was a lot. And and that's why I definitely want to have more time to play these games. And I know Pokemon Sun and Moon is most likely going to be my favorite game because it reminds me of Hawaii. Um, and I love Hawaii. Just the, I mean, just Mimikyu itself. It's it's such an ad- adorable design, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And that and Raichu, you know? So when I saw them, when they got released, and Marowak, I was just like, those are the coolest designs uh, ever, you know, especially for Cubone and, and Raichu, a different take on them so sadly i haven't gotten the time to play them um hopefully during this year i will and for some odd reason the the pokemon game that pops in my mind is pokemon coliseum on the gamecube yeah um, i'm familiar <laughs> that one for some reason pops in my head because i do remember spending so many hours on that 
And then the second installment came in and I could never get the dark Lugia. And I really wanted that. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, that's probably the reason why it's popping in my head out of all the games is because I still have unfinished business. But uh, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully one day I'll be able to go back and and uh, and finish it. So I know the Switch is going to have some GameCube games, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to try to make some time for the Switch, at least, because um, there's so many games on that that I want to play. Yeah, we're like two <laughs> weeks away now from it. I know, two weeks away, and, and I can't believe it. I am just astonished that time is flying by so quickly. It was so funny because, you know, I'm on the West Coast, and I know your central area, Yep. and you had wanted a specific time. Time escapes me. So I thought it was supposed to be my time. So when he had messaged me, I was just like, oh, shoot. Because <laughs> I was going to take a shower. I was like, I got to look good. And then he said, it's only audio. And I was like, thank God, because I look terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, time is the enemy. I, I wish I can clone myself, but no, no. it's just me. <laughs> well, I, got, I have one more question for you, and then you can, you can shower and get back to Amiibo. <laughs> Oh, no, I could send all day. I love podcasts. Honestly, it's an honor <laughs> for me to be here for you to take time to talk to me. Like, that's that's awesome. I really do appreciate it. I love podcasts. So I no. hope I'm funny enough. That's no, no, it's, it's been it's been awesome so far. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what uh, to wrap it up? What is your favorite Pokemon? Oh, my favorite Pokemon. All right. So it's really weird. Um, but, and it's really dorky. But I like Pidgey. And the reason why is because I remember eating with my friends one day. And this is when I was really quiet. So I was really to myself. And I guess my friends saw me picking at my food. And they were just like, man, you're like a bird. You eat like a bird. So that stuck with me. And I always love Pidgey, Pidgeot, Pidgeotto. It's just such a cool design. I love birds overall. Um, so Pidgey has definitely been my favorite but if I'm going into battle, if I'm entering a tournament for Super Smash Bros, it's always going to be Pikachu. <laughs> That's like my main. I had to go with my main and, and Pikachu's my homeboy. So. <laughs> All right. Both good answers. I mean, I think how, how can you be wrong with, with either Pidgey or Pikachu? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pidgey's cute. He's adorable. I mean, he's not like the coolest Pokemon, but I mean, you know, he's adorable. He's cute. Yeah, and you can ride him when he evolves, right? So yep, <laughs> it, it's funny because they just added Generation Two to Pokemon Go, and no, and I, I know <laughs> I encountered and a he, Hoot Hoot, and I was like, oh yeah, Hoot Hoot is actually pretty cool. Like, yeah, he is. He's so cute, and and Rowlet is even cooler. I love Rowlet. He's <laughs> awesome. But uh, yeah, Pokemon Go just came out, and I feel so bad because I did used to play it. And then I stopped playing it because I lost my phone. So all my data was gone. Oh, man. I know. And I was so upset. I was so upset because I put time and effort and (laughs) money. (laughs) (laughs) That's how they get you. I know. They got me. They got me. Oh, man. Hopefully, I'll just jump back into it. But (laughs) yeah, no, it's a good time. I even I was at the mall just for a little bit today and I saw uh, I saw a handful of people obviously playing Pokemon Go. So that was that was cool to see because I haven't seen that in a while. And I'm in Wisconsin, so it's 
It's like 20 degrees outside, so I get why oh people aren't. Oh my gosh! I get why people aren't playing Pokemon Go, and that's that's why I went to the mall because I just wanted to make sure I wanted to like experience Generation Two right without going outside. Uh huh. No, that's crazy. They're dedicated. That is awesome. Yeah. Good yeah. for them. They they are uh, true Pokemon masters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that that's really all I have. Thank you so much, Christine. Uh, where can our listeners find you and your your amazing artwork? Well, um, uh, on Twitter, <laughs> um, I mostly use Twitter and Instagram, uh, and I'll definitely try to put um, tutorials on YouTube. I go by Gunda Chris. It's really weird. It's J A N D A K R I S, um, and yeah, that's like my handle. <laughs> awesome, and and you already said commissions close, so I know we might have a bunch of listeners wanting. Uh, mimic you mm-hmm. or other Pokemon, but right now you're on hold. Well, they're available. If you go to my store, you'll see like specific ones. But as far as really like you know crazy commissions go, um, I have a full list. Um, but if you check out the store, there there's definitely Mimic you and Detective Pikachu and some other stuff. All right, <laughs> so awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Steve. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thank you for being on. Uh, when we get back, we're going to tackle some emails, and then we're going to do our Pokemon of the week. So we will be right back. And we are back from our break. We're going to do some some emails. You guys send in a lot of emails. I'm going to try to get through all of them, hopefully. Don't want this show to go on too long, but hey, we'll take what we can get. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at sbj at p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t dot com. Uh, sbj at pkmncast.com or you can go over to pokemonpodcast.com and hit that contact button feel free to email us about anything pokemon or non-pokemon related we'll get to it first email here is from michael says hello sbj and crew silly question to ask but do you remember your dreams if so have you ever dreamt anything pokemon related i have Mm. a few times where few times and they have always been a treat one time i dreamt that i was invited to the oscars and brought my boy bronzong with me but it was turned away at the entrance because my companion wasn't cute enough dreams are weird i would love to hear stories thanks for the quality show every week have a great day michael wow bronzong is a cutie although it wouldn't it's not allowed in the gen 4 park where specifically only "Quote unquote cute Pokemon are allowed. You can only bring a very select amount of Pokemon to walk with you. Only Oddly enough, it's, the it's not welcome to Milwaukee County Parks either. Oh, of course <laughs> not. Nice dig. So, um, I recently was playing Pokemon Moon before I went to bed because I'm trying to finish my Pokedex in Pokemon Moon. And that night, I dreamed about visiting a zoo and seeing all sorts of different animals that were very like not like lions tigers and bears but like unique and odd and strange not like earthly animals so i think there was some sort of relationship between me going through my pokedex and dreaming about visiting that kind of a zoo so there you go 
the best I can do. It's very rare that I remember my dreams when I do. They are not that thematically consistent. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure I have had dreams of Pokemon. The vast majority of them I probably don't remember, and I can't think of any off the top of my head that I, I do remember. Because I can... Over the past year, there's only, like, one dream I actually remember having. It's very rare that I remember my dreams. Uh, next email here is from Jose from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Pretty cool place. Uh, obviously, you've never been to San Juan. Actually, one of my favorite <laughs> restaurants in the world is in San Juan, so I will take one step away from that. But All right. Yeah. Hey, guys. Always a pleasure to listen to your great show and your refute slash debate with SBJ internally. I was writing in to disagree. With how easily you guys discount the survival of the Nintendo 3DS, there are still a few games coming out for 2017, and they have begun planning out 2018 games. Why do I think the Switch won't be replaced by the 3DS is the price. If it was a $50 difference, it would make or that would make more sense, but at $300 versus $199, or even the cheaper $89 2DS, there is no doubt that the 3DS will live on a way that they could make it have more legs and cut the price of the 3DS and Nintendo 3DS XL and bring in a bunch of new players. Nintendo themselves may not be developing much for it, but third parties don't look like they'll stop anytime soon since since ISE loves lists. Here is an upcoming list of 3DS titles for 2017. Monster Hunter XX, Cooking Mama, Sweet Shop, Story of Seasons, Trio of Towns, Mario Sports, Superstars, Tank Troopers, Fire Emblem Echoes of Shadows of uh, Valentine's Day, Fire Emblem Warriors, Blaster Master Zero, The Snack World, Lady Layton, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, uh, Pikmin 3DS, <laughs> Farming Simulator 18, Ever Oasis, Box Boy 3, Antidote DX, Run Box Pocket. And I'm sure there are five to ten more announced, Jose. So I want to call one thing into question here that... I, I will say, much like our uh, U.S. press nowadays says, if you say one thing wrong, then we're just going to throw everything in the garbage. Uh, <laughs> there has been no Monster Hunter XX announced for English, so oh yeah, yeah we're not we're not getting Japan. we're not getting that game. That Monster Hunter XX is just a better version of Generations. I mean, it's it's literally just like an enhanced. If the 3DS had. A DLC that you could pay for they just that's what it would be is isn't it because it's like even carries over your your progress from Monster yeah, Hunter X so the thing about Monster Hunter is America always gets the ultimate edition right so 3U or 4U that was always the version of the game that included G rank and included more monsters so Japan would always get Monster Hunter 3, and then they would get Monster Hunter 3U, and then America would always get Monster Hunter 3U. So it was really weird when we got Generations, uh, because Generations doesn't include G-Rank, and it doesn't include some other stuff that Monster Hunter XX does include. Monster Hunter Generations isn't an actual numbered Monster Hunter game. Uh, what Capcom has said and the Monster Hunter team said is, like, Monster Hunter Generations is, like, a greatest hits it's a celebration. This is they were the words they used. A celebration of the Monster Hunter games made uh, since then. 
So no, I don't I don't think I don't think we're getting XX, honestly. I think uh we'll probably get Monster Hunter 5 or whatever the next version is. So yeah, that that has not been announced. Uh Cookie Mama, I don't think has ever been good besides the very first game. <laughs> Mario Sports Superstar, there hasn't been a good Mario Sports game ever uh besides the original like Mario Golf, Mario Tennis. Let's let's go back to to the original question, right? The fact is that just because there is a long tail of games that are going to be released, all that means is Nintendo has not told any of the developers or or didn't tell any of the developers we're pulling the plug on the 3DS until recently. And it's like, they're like, well, we've already put all this money into these games, so we'll release them. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is that these games weren't being made yesterday. They've been in development well before the Switch was even announced. Yeah, I mean, I, I, even in our rapid-fire world of mobile app development, um, these types of games of the complexity that we expect and the quality we expect probably take two to three years to for a full development cycle. Uh, that that I mean, that's completely my imagination. Somebody could prove me completely wrong. But I would have to say, because it's not only the programming of the games and everything, but developing the marketing strategy, negotiating what the release date is. I mean, I'm sure release dates for video games nowadays are as highly strategized and negotiated as release dates for movies, right? You notice there are certain movies that are released on 4th of July weekend, and there are certain movies that are released on Thanksgiving weekend, and there are certain movies that are released in December, and... You know, you don't have just random things come out whenever they want. There is a strategy for when studios pick when a movie is going to be released. There is a strategy for when developers negotiate with Nintendo for when they're allowed to release their title. And Nintendo is not going to say, well, we're, we're stopping development on the 3DS. Dump all your games onto the market in by March 30th. No. <laughs> They're yeah. still going to keep that long tail release schedule. Yeah, and it's just like when, like I, I, like like I said last week or whenever I said it, I don't see much of a life after the 3ds. Even like you list these games, and that's like the only game out of all these games that I'm interested in is is Pikmin 3ds. But honestly, I probably won't get it because the 3ds has just been my either Monster Hunter or Pokemon device, uh, and Monster Hunter XX I'm interested in, but I I doubt that's coming to the U.S. If it is cool, but I I don't think so. If you looked at consoles that transition like PlayStation One into two or two into three, or let's let's go just two three years ago when playstation 3 transitioned into playstation 4 what happens is playstation 3 still exists it still has games coming out but not a lot and none of them are really that groundbreaking i think the last really great game for ps3 which was on the tail end of of its its life cycle was the last of us and then ps4 comes out and they overlap and the PS4 doesn't have a really great lineup because people are still making games for PS3 or they're still like mid-development on PS3. And so that's what's going to happen here. You already see it. You see that we have a weak lineup for 2017 for 3DS. I mean, I mean, you listed a bunch of games, but I, I would be surprised if if a listener was excited for every single one of those games. I would ar- I would bet that most listeners are excited for one to three of those games on this list because everyone has such different gaming habits. So you have this weak lineup of 3DS games for 2017 
and you have this weak lineup for the Switch for 2017. And that makes sense. Not not saying that that's bad for Switch. That just makes sense for any new console of people just don't have enough time developing. So when such and such company finishes Lady Layton, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, they have a, the option now to make another 3DS game or make a Switch game. And let me tell you, they're probably going to make a Switch game after that. Like, that is what makes the most sense uh, for for market, for uh, deals, for probably the ease of, of how everyone says that, how every developer so far has said that the Switch is very easy to develop on compared to previous Nintendo consoles. And if it's easier to develop on, that's less money, that's less time, that's more profit. This list might be this list of games and the ones not not on this list might be adequate enough to carry the 3DS into 2000 to carry the 3DS for the rest of this year and I'm sure that you know 3DS will still sell fine and that these games will sell well but I would urge you to watch what games are going to get announced for the rest of the year because you probably won't hear a lot. You might hear one or two th- or three games from Nintendo that that honestly, they've probably been in development for a while. And that's the only reason they're getting announced is because, all right, well, you know, we already spent 18 months on this game. Let's announce it at E3 because it's going to be done in four more months and let's get it out the door. And then we're, we're going we're gonna to move that development team to Switch. Because Nintendo's already said every single one of their first party develop, like every single one of their first party development companies are working on switch i don't think any of those companies are just going to suddenly go back to 3ds as soon as they're done with switch does that include game freak uh apparently that includes game freak they said every single one of their companies game freak might be an exception though because that weird nintendo doesn't own them fully and they made that weird elephant game that was really bad on playstation and xbox (laughs) you bought it (laughs) it's not good not good there was a game released on the PlayStation 2 in late 2014. No, sorry, late 2013. Wrap your brain around that. I mean, Destiny came out on PS3 and Xbox 360, and that was one of the few, like, quote-unquote, new games that came out on those consoles when, no, no, P- no, no, when PS4 I'm and I'm talking Xbox. PS2. I'm talking... Uh, no, no, I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm there talking, are always like, games. a few weeks before the PlayStation 4 came out. Someone thought it was a good idea to release Pro Evolution Soccer uh, 2014 oh, you mean, uh, in Europe on the PlayStation <laughs> 2. Correct. There's a there's a company at not well not a com- well there's a game company that comes to Midwest Gaming Classic, which is coming up by the way, I think in April. They are making a brand new NES game that Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about that, but I mean that's like they're like doing it on purpose. They're like <laughs> Like that's the <laughs> like that's the thing about it is that it's bold because they're doing that. Konami was just like, I bet we would. I bet it's it wasn't like a stunt. It was they thought it was a financially viable decision for the PAL region to release Pro Evolution Soccer 2014 in late. 2013 on the PlayStation 2, not even a full month before the PlayStation 4 came out. I'm sure it sold well. I'm sure it did. I'm sure they knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> if I mean, that's just proof of the fact that there is more evidence of your claim of how there's that sort of strange overlap between 
console generations. I am not very good at making predictions. I happen to agree with Steve and Will's diagnosis, but I mean, I'm not very good at making predictions in the first place, so don't trust me on this, but I would just venture to say that if you aren't seeing a whole... I mean, you're seeing some, like, second-party-ish stuff. I mean, is is Fire Emblem? Is whatever developer makes that? Some are they intelligent like party? Yeah. Yeah, they're, like, um, they're, they're along the same lines of like the HAL laboratory. Yeah. So if you don't see the fact to me, the fact that uh, as far as we know, are are no like first party, huge, like first party games planned besides Pikmin. But again, that game had to be in development for over a year at this point. That to me says that Nintendo is at least abandoning this system. And I find it hard to believe that a legion of third party developers would, keep it alive just because like i recognize the argument that a lot of people have 3ds's but it's just i I don't think that's really sustainable for very long resuming the switch i mean the wii u wasn't even successful but it was successful enough to kill development of the wii and i would anticipate that the switch is at least I mean, I hope so for Nintendo's sake that the Switch is going to be at least as successful as the Wii U. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And I realize I'm talking apples to oranges in some sense because I'm comparing handhelds to console to whatever that we want to call the Switch, but I think it's still a discussion to be had. Also, like the uh, the the thing not being said right here is the security on 3ds. Like the fact that people were able to somebody was able to get sun and moon and then dump that entire game onto a computer and then give it to other people before release if i was a developer and i knew that the security flaws were that big on 3ds and they've only gotten worse with the years and i think from what i've heard reporting on from other podcasts that are more into the general gaming news and reporting there is really no fix for that anymore the the way that they have hacked the 3ds and have been able to just pretty much get any game they want for free is a huge problem and it seems like nintendo is done fixing that like they can't like anytime they've released a patch recently those people have the those people those people have gotten around it and it's not a problem for them to continue using their security to play games, quote, like illegally or however you want to classify it, not paying for Pokemon Sun and Moon and just playing that. And if I'm a developer and I now see that the Switch is out and okay, well, 3DS has a really big market, they have X amount of millions of units out there, but Switch is really new and that's what people want to play. And hey, uh, People aren't going to be. People have to buy my game to play it, and I need that money to live as a developer. I'm probably not going to make it for 3ds because I don't. I can't run that risk of people dumping my ROM and then just playing it for free. Like that's not worth my time. So yeah, just something to think about. We have so many emails. I feel so bad. I'm like slowly cutting some out. Let's do this one. It's kind of long, uh, but really awesome. Uh, Rochelle writes in from Davenport, Iowa. I first wanted to start out with my email. I first want to start my email out with, I really like everyone on this show equally. 
The amount of <laughs> flexion is so parallel, in fact, that if I were told I could only bring one of you with me to a desert island for company, I would have to go alone because choosing would be impossible. Boo, I like Travis best. <laughs> I like this new Will who actually likes me as a human being. 2017 strikes again. With that being said, in your last episode, you talked about forming a bond with your Pokemon you play through the game, and I wanted to comment on that. I have finished playing through both Sun and Moon and trying to fill my Pokedex, but Sun has brought me a my few new favorite Pokemon, Sylveon. Now hear me out. I know it's from Gen 6, but here is why. I'm the type of non-competitive player that enjoys forming a strategy by m- mapping out my team and moves. I've been playing the game since I was 9, now 29, when the first ones came out on my crappy Game Boy. I tried to use at least five of the current games games gen of Pokemon so I don't get used to the same exact team every time. One of the Gen 6 guys I really wanted was Salazzle, as its speed and typing intrigued me. However, only a female... Salandit Salandit will evolve into Salazzle and apparently are rare so I knew that ahead of time. On my way to Weta Volcano I came across a wild Eevee and it's hard for me to personally pass up Eevee so I caught it and played with it for a while. I wasn't super up to date on how Eevee evolves into its newest evolutions but apparently with enough happiness and leveling up and at least one fairy type move that thing evolved into Sylveon before I knew it. It was a male Sylveon, and I love the fact that it was such a girly designed Pokemon was a dude. I named it Atreyu after the movie, not the band. <laughs> uh, the movie would be uh, The NeverEnding Story. So, Oh, okay, good. Uh, Which I believe the band is named after the lead character from that movie. So, Is that the dragon? Go. That's not the dragon. Uh, Atreyu, I think, is the boy. The boy? Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, um, don't, I'm not 100% certain, but I think Atreyu is the boy. Once at the volcano, I was having an instantly hard time trying to find a female Salandit, so I decided to Google to see what other players have, de- have done legit. One of the ways someone said to find this was to find a male, ev- a male Eevee with cute charm, evolve it into Sim- Sylveon, put it at the top of your party. It will attract the Pokemon of the opposite sex, therefore finding a female Salandit. I found my female Salanit after the first try. Another thing that drew me to my male Sylveon with cute charm is that during the Elite Four battle in Sun, it somehow was lucky enough to use its cute charm almost on every female Pokemon. Oh, this this Sylveon was a stud. Uh, making (laughs) (laughs) Making my battle through them and into the champion seat way easier than it should have been. I've become very, very fond of this fabulous-looking male Sylveon with its cute charm, and it's definitely a keeper forever. Anyways, love the show. You guys are awesome. Rochelle. What was well, the... I mean, was there a question in there? There no, was, was at some story. point, but I don't... I think there was at the top. Uh... I think near the beginning, I think there was a question. I like the story, but I think there was a question that we are all forgetting. Nope, no question. The, oh. the only thing... The only comment I have is that, like, you know, Sylveon, the only... Mm, I like Sylveon. One of the reason, yeah, I, I do too. But one of the reasons that you might consider it like girly and feminine is because it's pink. And well, I guess it's the ribbons too. But, you know, honestly, pink was originally considered to be a men's color. 
it's kind of like a fake genderification of a handsome Pokemon of whatever sort. I will say the the story does remind me how much of how much I like the move attract, where it's kind of like confusion, but it it obviously based off male or female, but I'm a big fan of like paralyze it. Okay, now confuse it. Okay, now attract. All right, now you have like a two percent chance of attacking. So you're the me. worst, is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. And then you use and then you use something with serene grace and a move that in, like that Zen headbutt has a chance to flinch. Yeah. Cool. So you're the worst human being. Yeah. Good. I'm glad we established that. Uh, okay. Another Rochelle double. We got Rochelle's back to back. All right, so Rochelle from Denver, Colorado, to the coolest podcast podcast hosts around. Pod coast to coast. Pod coast. To, ooh, this this is another long email. Long time listener, first time caller. Unless you count Slack, <laughs> I guess. I've thought about writing in probably a thousand times. I've finally been pushed over the edge. I did it. I wrote you an email. Here's what prompted me to write in. On a recent episode, you talked about your Twitter handle. I did not get your Twitter handle at all until that episode. Fallout Boy is my favorite, though, but for at least 100 episodes of the show, every time you said your Twitter handle, I thought you were saying, dredging a lake. Wrong. Every time I heard it, I thought SBJ sure says sunny, uh, says funny things sometimes, uh, and also it's a weird handle, but whatever, and move on. It wasn't until you actually spelled it out that one time that I realized I was the one who had it wrong the whole time. Hearing is is weird. Words are hard. Uh, this is probably so much funnier to me than it is to you, but your discussion totally reminded me of this, and I thought I would share a story about your Twitter account. Anyways, I wanted to say thank you for all the hard work you do, for all the amazing content you make, and for the awesome community you've supported around everything you do. Everyone is always writing in about how much they love Travis and Will, and I feel like you don't get enough praise you deserve sometimes, so I wanted to let you know that you are my favorite podcast host. Will and Travis... Deserve is a strong word. (laughs) (laughs) Will and Travis are great, but... but you always make me smile, and I always enjoy hearing what you have to say, no exceptions, even... When it's stuff we pretty strongly disagree on, like game plot lines and what to call games, and a lot of other things, I'm sure. Also, and my wonderful friend Irene assumes that you are pretty cool outside the podcast too. So I feel that it is confident in saying you're one cool dude and probably the awesome podcast host, in my opinion, on a scale of one to eight, definitely about a seven. (laughs) On a more serious note, I especially wanted to thank you for your social commentary you all did on Sun and Moon. I know you caught a bit of flack, but those kinds of things are really important, and kids do really pick up on this kind of stuff. For example, here is my own piece of commentary on Pokemon in general that I've always been aware of slash since I was a young kid. It is certainly not perfect, but Pokemon is one of the most gender-balanced games I know of. Across all of Pokemon media, women are rep- are presented in a wonderful variety of characters and careers and are often shown in positions of power. In the show, you had characters of authority like Officer Jenny and Nurse Joy who are universally respected regardless of being women. You have also had evil teams of women, gym leaders, store owners, and a couple of professors and girls who were just out in the world training Pokemon like boys were and no one even questioned them being there. 
It mostly just felt natural because girls can do the same stuff as boys. So what's the problem, you know? And looking at the games, we have a ton of female trainers and trainer classes of women. And especially important is for your statistical pleasure, 43% of gym leaders slash trial cabinets, captains slash kahunas, and 48% of elite four members are women. Those are good stats. I like those. And a little disappointing, but 30% of champions are women if you count Kakui and Red with skewing towards the later generations. These are people who are important and powerful in the Pokemon world, and it was almost common to see women in the roles as men, no question that they were fit to be there. And it's kind of amazing that every piece of children's media I consumed in my youth, Sans, perhaps, Sailor Moon, this is the most representational of my gender that I had as a kid. And having fictional roles like the Elite Four members who could be the best slash strongest people in the world without people questioning their worthiness of them being there was incredibly inspirational and important to me. This is why this is a huge part of why Pokemon has always meant so much to me and why I've never really left it. I'm always kind of disappointed when people, especially people that aren't from the groups that are being spoken about, don't want to talk about these things or say that these things don't really matter because kids don't know what it means because that is not exactly true. When Chris became the first female player character in Crystal, I was aware of it and it was absurdly important to me. And I've been told all the times that girls weren't supposed to play Pokemon because your character is a boy, so you have to play, you have to be a boy to play. Being able to play as a girl not only allowed me to feel more represented and connected to the games, but it also gave me a tool to fight back against bullies. If Chris could be a Pokemon trainer, that meant I could be too, and so they couldn't put me down anymore. And I was aware of these things as a kid. Other kids were aware of these things. I do really think people sell kids short a lot of the time. I may not have known that this was sexism at this age, but I knew that others could, couldn't, but I knew others thought I couldn't do things because I was a girl. Like the children, in the Clark's Dolls experiments might have not understood why they were exhibiting internal racism, but they knew the difference between the way people viewed white people and black people. The labels might not be there, but the concepts definitely are, and pretending they aren't impacting kids and honestly adults too is just baffling to me. Almost done here. Uh, like these things are important and shape the way we view the world and others. So yeah, I think I, I think that y'all took the time to address social I issues in media that were incredibly important and wonderful. I deeply appreciate it. And I know a lot of other people did too. I wanted to thank you for that from the bottom of my heart, even if it's a billion years too late and also a billion words too long. In later news, what's with all the grass starter hate? I love grass starter Pokemon. They are sweet and wonderful Pokemon. I love oodles and bunches. My car is named Torterra. I love Torterra. And for these reasons, you all seem to pick on the Pokemon I love. The number one thing that makes me yell at my iPod when I'm listening. Give these Pokemon a break. The commentary hey, is lighthearted. I mean, don't, <laughs> don't lump me into that. I was the one defending Trickorita. I mean, I realize you didn't mention Trickorita specifically, but I was defending Trickorita. I love Rowlet. I love the Turtwig line. Don't lump me in with these losers. <laughs> Uh, also, for the record, I think licorice is gross, regardless of the brand, and carbonated drinks are awful. Keep doing what you are doing, Miss Rochelle Delaney, Pokey Sister, longtime ISE fan, captain of Team Buddy Soar, defenders of unloved Pokemon. P.S. Quick, right now, if you are reading this, give Irene a high five and tell her she's the best. Whew, long email. I, I'm pretty certain there was no question in there. I mean, the question was at the end. You, well, you gotta, 
you can't love everything, right? You gotta, you gotta put. Is that a question or you, just like a? Uh, <laughs> what are those questions that answer themselves? Uh, uh, rhetorical. rhetorical. Out of all the starter Pokemon, you gotta. Somebody has to be at the bottom, right? And so that's why I put Chikorita there. Okay, I wouldn't say it as somebody has to be at the bottom because that logically actually does not make any sense at all. What I would say, yeah, like is, rate rate all the the, the starter Pokemon. Event yeah, when you make so a list, you, somebody has to be at the bottom. You're creating an artificial scale and therefore Flatten placing the things on a scale. <laughs> exactly, but. This is what I would say, which has more of a, a how value is created in our emotional experience that we can't enjoy specifically the Pokemon that we do enjoy and love if there aren't other Pokemon that we do not enjoy and love as much as the ones that we do. And a lot, of course, everyone is allowed to have their preference. I can be the- your angle or your devil. <laughs> <laughs> that meme is beyond me but um yes yes happiness has no value without sadness joy has no value without pain the pokemon you love has minimal to little value without the pokemon you hate to compare it against so that's you know it's a fundamental rule of the reality we live in we we, we live in a in a world of contrasts not a, a flat plane of everything being equal Hi, let's talk about dialectics for a little bit. People enjoy it when you talk about philosophy, so let's go right ahead. Nah, I'm not, I mean... <laughs> Look, when I, was, when I was a young boy, I played Pokemon Blue, and my sister played Pokemon Red, and it was a great time. And then my sister eventually fell out of Pokemon Red about halfway through, mostly because of the difficulty. But my mom picked it up, and playing with Pokemon with my mom was a very, like, great... And very fond memory that I had, and I never, never really like thought like, oh, Pokemon's a boy game, right? I guess I had a cool mom. She might not be cool anymore, but when I was growing up, she played GoldenEye, she played Mario Kart, she played like Lego Racers, she played Super Mario sixty four. Like she played a lot of games with me, and so that was like a big influence of like, not only do I have somebody to play games with, but like my mom plays video games. That's really cool. But no, it was a really great email. Yeah, I the only thing I can really think of to to say is is we we've definitely gotten emails in that that are like I don't know why you guys are being so serious about all this. Pokémon is just a kids game. And I always think, well then why are you listening to like three grown adults talk about Pokémon if it's just a kids <laughs> game? Like what are you here for then? I don't understand. <laughs> but uh, you know, to to each their own, right? Like there are plenty of other Pokemon podcasts that are are not serious, and you know sometimes we get serious, and I think that's okay. Like that's it's our it's our show. We can talk about what we want, and I think the emails that we get addressing that, saying thank you, like those emails are are make everything we talk about worth it, right? You know, some people listen to it and and they forget about it two days later because they've moved on to the next podcast, and then some people listen to it and it means a lot to them, and you know it's all worth it at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for writing in. We'll do one more. We'll just do a quick short one. I We had so many emails this week, and this I don't want this podcast to draw on too long, but this one is from Rodney from Fort Simpson, Canada. I don't believe that's a real place, but okay. Do any of you write fan fiction or draw fan art about Pokemon? Also, Snivy and Shinx are my favorite Pokemon. Logan is the best. Rodney. Ooh. 
Hipster. Oh, I, uh, I, I'd say Logan's tied with Travis. I, I have a, a different <laughs> fondness for each, each of them. I mean, I'm not going to argue. Logan's great. Logan, yeah, he's Logan's, pretty awesome. Logan's great. He hasn't been on in such a long time. I'm doing a fun side project with Logan. Long time, Logan. Yeah. I like how all our emails like start off or end with somebody being the best. It's like we're all Pokemon and people are deciding. It's, a, it's become a tradition at this point. You can't really write us an email without making explicit your feelings about the hosts <laughs> of the program. No, I like it. I like it a lot. I don't write or draw anything regarding Pokemon, but I like if you... If if you want an artist, Micah has drawn a fair share of Pokemon, and he's very very talented in what he, what he does. Uh, Logan is also an artist. I think Logan has drawn his fair share of Pokemon, but other than that, I don't. I I know that you two don't draw, right? I do not. Uh, no, I actually do have. Uh, I have written a lot of. Um, I mean, I don't know if I would call it fanfic, but I will say Pokemon genre writing. Uh, but I'm not going to tell people where they can find it. That's <laughs> for me and my readers to enjoy. If you've read it, I'm glad to have entertained you. If you haven't found it, keep looking, friends. I My writing has never been... Uh, writing. Sorry, I should be explicit. Writing fiction has never been that significant of a creative outlet in my life. My writing has almost exclusively been nonfiction stuff and then my other creative outlets uh, are like photography which is difficult to uh <laughs> difficult to make about pokemon i suppose and uh and uh, to some extent uh doing some sort of audio experiments that i don't really share with anyone none, none of that pokemon related uh and then also, the only one that, that I have done that is somewhat Pokemon related is uh, I DM a lot of or GM a lot of uh, role playing game campaigns. And that's sort of a creative outlet in and of itself where you're essentially writing a book, but you don't have any you don't have control over the actions of the main characters it's like writing a book where the main characters are real people that can make decisions that you don't expect so it's sort of a strange exercise but uh, i did run a pokemon themed one shot of 13th age once that was pretty fun but nothing substantial or large with that again thank you all for writing in i apologize if I have not gotten to your email, I will keep these flagged for next week, though. Uh, but if you have any, if you want to send in an email, stories, questions, anything Pokemon or non-Pokemon related, uh, sbj at p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t dot com, or uh, you can hit the contact button on PokemonPodcast.com. Both emails go to the same place, and I read every single one of them. Whether or not I read them on the show is a different story, but I, I read them all when they come in, and uh, I appreciate them. I'm going to toss it over to Travis. Uh, all these emails have killed my voice, so I'm going to take a break. Travis is going to give you your Pokemon of the Week, and then we're going to do some house cleaning uh, after that. So get, take it away, Travis. Pokemon of the Week this week is Raichu, and of course, because we have been talking about VGC legal Pokemon, of course, we're talking about Alolan Raichu, as you can only use Pokemon that were forged 
in Alola. The two cents this week come from Brandon Wisner and Drew Coxwell of the Pokemon of the Week Slack channel. Both are fairly similar, but do have some distinct differences. I'll run down those differences after uh, I just read them through. So the first one from Brandon Wisner is Alolan Raichu with Psychium Z, the its signature ability Surge Surfer, with four EVs in HP, 252 in special attack, and 252 in speed, a timid nature, moveset of Psychic, Thunderbolt, Fake Out, and then for the final move, uh, it's up to you, either Encore or Protect. Drew Coxwell's set is similar. We still have Timid Nature, and we still have 252 in speed and special attack with four of the leftover EVs in HP. The item is different. This time we're going to do a Focus Sash, and then the moves are going to be Fake Out, Volt Switch, Encore, and Psychic. So very similar move set as well, but the differentiation between Focus Sash and Psychium Z uh, does illuminate that there are some differences in what you want this Pokemon to do. With a Focus Sash, you are more likely trying to, uh, because Raichu doesn't have enough bulk to really be able to survive a lot of hits, Focus Sash allows you to at least get a few attacks in so that Raichu's decent offensive output naturally, which is augmented by presuming, presumably you run Tapu Koko with it, um, augmented by the Surge Surfer ability, which will double your speed, so you can be almost guaranteed to go first, uh, barring uh, increased priority, so the ability to um, add in at least one more attack with Focus Sash is nice, and then Psychium Z on uh, Brandon's set shows that uh, shows prioritizing being able to one-hit KO a larger number of Pokemon with that powerful Z-move. As I sort of mentioned, almost every Alolan Raichu is going to be paired in a team with Tapu Koko because of Tapu Koko's ability, which will cause electric terrain. Alolan Raichu's ability, Surge Surfer, doubles its speed in electric terrain. I think a lot of folks thought that that duo would be a complete, you know, meta-defining powerhouse in VGC 2017, just because it's so obviously synergistic. I'm no expert, but I would guess that the reason it doesn't really pan out that way is because it's... Turns out that Tabu Koko is kind of just good on its own and then doubling up with another electric type doesn't really allow you to do that much more right like tapu koko is already near the top of the speed tier list of of pokemon that are allowed in vgc so having basically slightly lesser but faster tapu koko paired with it becomes a bit redundant but it still is a you know, still is a synergistic duo, and the psychic typing can come in handy, especially if fake out as well. Access to uh, fake out is very important in doubles, but it seems like it's not panned out completely well for it to become, like I said, something central to the meta. But it's not entirely unviable either. It's it's pretty powerful, but I think not as powerful as people expected. If you want a shiny Raichu, it is going to be orange instead of like a brownish yellow. It's going to be like a burnt orange. 
Uh, no other Pokemon have ha- no other Pokemon has the same type combination of as Alolan Raichu. In Pokemon Red and Blue, there is a scientist at the Pokemon Lab in Cinnabar Island who will trade you a Raichu for an Electrode. If the player talks to him after the trade, he will mention that the Raichu evolved, which is not possible. This mistake was due to an original translation error of the script in Japanese Blue, in which a person traded a Graveler for a Kadabra. Rather than in Pokemon Red and Green, this error was corrected in Fire Red and Leaf Green. Raichu's Fire Red and Sun Pokedex entries reference a 1903 documentary film called Electrocuting the Elephant by Thomas Edison. Several Pokedex entries claim Raichu can just discharge up to 100,000 volts. However, its stadium entry claims it can only discharge up to 10,000 volts. This is likely a translation error due to the way numbers are read in Japanese where 100,000 literally reads 10 10 thousands. Raichu has appeared in every regional Pokedex except the Unova Pokedex. Although Pikachu is the starter Pokemon of Yellow, it is not possible to directly evolve Raichu in the game. It must be traded in from Red and Blue. The inability to evolve Pikachu is a reference to Ash's Pikachu in the anime. And finally, Raichu and its pre-evolved form share their category with Rattata, Raticade, Sandshrew, and Sandslash. They're all known as the Mouse Pokemon. Digimon. Wait, I thought it was the elect... Wasn't Pikachu like electric rodent? Isn't that what its species? Pikachu? No, I think Pikachu is just a mouse Pokemon. Uh, Is it the electric mouse Pokemon? Or is it just the mouse? No, it's just mouse Pokemon. Oh, wow. And huh. uh, and also, let's not participate in revisionist history. That was in no way a documentary. <laughs> was that part of the Edison and the, the Tesla Edison. AC? Was that part of the like Tesla AC versus AC DC? DC? Yes. Do we Bubble, do we bu- go into it? Because it's no, weird. no. Okay. Bubble Pete needs to fix their website though. Their ads are still running rampant. They're everywhere. Um. <laughs> look at so- Bubblepedia. I love you. But get your ad situation under control. I know some of you listen. Wait, so I don't actually... I don't see any ad... Hold on. I don't think I'm running anything like ad blocker or anything. But I don't see any ads when I'm on Bulbapedia for some reason. Yeah, I only got the little one at the bottom. Then, then ooh, there's like three at the top. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the longer you stay on the page, like, yeah. then they come out of... Then they start getting out of control. Yeah, so I, I don't have... I. I checked and I made sure, and I actually deleted. You are you paying Bulbapedia sweet sweet cash to hide ads? I don't think so. I don't if think I they am, have, I, I should stop. I don't think they have that option. I'm gonna log out and see what happens. Maybe. Uh, all right. Well, as Travis logs out, let's do a little bit of house cleaning. And there are the ads. <laughs> Found them. Oh, interesting. Good to know. Maybe I'll log in more often then. Uh, a little bit of house cleaning here is we have a WAP zip shirt. I, I can't even recreate how I said it. I know Travis was there at the Whop, time. And... Zip. Whop, zip. There you go. Just like that. That was that debuted in, in episode 149. I think it's around the 40 minute mark. I could be wrong, but I do know the episode's 149. Uh, so we have a WAP zip shirt on Teespring uh, and also a hoodie to go along with it. And those will be up for, by the time you're listening to this, uh, another week. And uh, yeah, go ahead and back. Uh, go ahead and order one of those if you if you want to. I think 
you you'll get them early March, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, people were asking for more shirts. I, I made more shirts, so you can wop zip it up. If you're looking for the links, they are on. Uh, if you're looking for the links, they're on Twitter and and Facebook and whatnot. It's a really cool shirt. Otherwise, I think if you go to Teespring and you type in Pokemon, it'll show up too. Teespring and I don't get along. I've 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 done a lot of tried to do a lot of shirts on Teespring and they always reject it for uh, copyrighted content. But they reject it instant. Like as soon as I hit submit, it gets rejected, which means like a human is not looking at the shirt. There's no way. Yeah, so that's a whole that's a whole other conversation. But they're they're, they're on Teespring. It's it's a little bit cheaper than uh, Represent, which we've used in the past. Shipping shipping is cheaper at least, and I I think the the shirt options they gave me were were just shirts I I would I would rather wear than than the shirt options on on Represent. But uh, go ahead and and check those out if you want to. We have a Patreon Patreon.com/slash It's Super Effective uh, at Pokemon Podcast on Twitter. Facebook.com slash BKMNCast, all, you know, all, this, all the same places that we, we talk about. Uh, do you guys have anything, or, or are we, we good to wrap? Nah, I'm tired. We're good to wrap, yeah. Good to wrap, yeah, I'm tired too. Like the, I don't know, the, the amount of reading, I guess, with the, the Pokemon Go article and all those long emails, my voice is just tarnished right now. Uh, we will be going to PAX. That is, that is some house cleaning. We, all, all three of us, the three of us, uh, the three musketeers, even though, even though Twix, the only candy with the cookie crunch is better. Uh, we will be at PAX. We will present, we will be presenting on Friday, the first day of PAX. I know schedules of that have gone up. If you are, uh, attending PAX, uh, please say hi. Please, you know, come up, say hi. If it, last time I presented at PAX, I probably stayed after the show and talked with people until I talked to everyone who wanted who wanted to say hi and so i will be doing the same thing this year as soon as the panel ends i will be around and i will talk to every single person even if that keeps me there all day just uh just to say hi and whatnot and i don't know if that show is being live streamed or not i don't know yet i will i will let you guys know when i do but i will be recording it on my end so we can at least get it published for the week uh but that's all i got if you made it this far Thank you so much. A big shout out to our guest, Christine, that was on. You can check out her stuff. Uh, I'm sure I will link everything in the, the podcast description uh, below if you wanted to check out some of her Mimikyu Amiibos and whatnot. Otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Super Almond Joys. Keep that dog clean in 2017. What on earth is Almond Joy? Oh, because he said Twix had something yeah. to do with Three Musketeers, which I didn't understand. But whatever. I was just naming a better candy bar. <laughs> <laughs>